From the silver screen to the GM screen, Never Say Die asks, what can we learn from movies to enhance our role-playing game experience? I'm Rafe Telsch, film critic. And I'm Drew Meyer, gaming enthusiast. And this is our session zero for Never Say Die, season two, heist movies. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> no, no, no. Our music has got to be much cooler than that. Like, <laughs> We'll, we'll get into our music a little later there, Drew. In this episode, we will uh, announce the changes that we are making to our podcast format. We will discuss what makes a heist movie a heist movie, i.e. we will define our topic. Uh, we'll go over our parameters for selecting specific heist movies appropriate for the podcast in our discussion, meaning there are heist movies out there that don't make our cut, much to some of my sadness, I have to admit. We will explain <laughs> our new drafting format, and finally, and most excitedly, Drew will select the first heist film of season two. I was really hoping you were just going to keep it going underneath the whole thing, but it's kind of like a crunk in Emperor's New Groove where right. he's just in the background going. Anyway, all right. Why do we so, have this lever, Drew? Let's go ahead and get it. Oh God, we're going to go there. <laughs> Not a heist movie. Um, <laughs> People are stealing like, stuff. You, it's I a was going to say, you can make llama. the argument that, a, that there is theft at the uh, centerpiece of that movie. Which uh, is true. why it's important to set down the parameters for what makes a heist movie. <laughs> we need to make some changes to the format of the show. Not as many changes as we thought we were going to make. No, probably not. But uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What uh, what are we going to keep? Like Almost everything. I think, yep. I think a lot of this worked for us. Um, I think we're still going to try to produce something every two weeks. So, you know, yes. we're going to have our main feed where we discuss the movie. We're going to talk about gamification. But then two weeks later, we're going to do our intermissions, which is, you know, maybe um, listener response to that specific movie. And I think that's really the important part is like kind of getting our listener feedback. But also we get inspired by these gamification of this and maybe we come up with new ideas that maybe we forgot. Or sometimes we forget about talking about the soundtrack. So that's always really important. So we're going to continue <laughs> the format that we we had. Um, I think you and I have also discussed that we're going to try to post a little bit more regularly um, than we have been. I mean, listen, we are not professionals. We're not getting paid to do this. So we have kind of mentioned at one point in time that maybe if like we know something's coming up and we're going to skip a week, we might throw in an extra movie review that has nothing to do with heists just so our listeners have something. So, right. you know, we want to I think the point thing is we're going to try to do it every two weeks. I, I think the point is you get what you pay for. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> We're putting them rough and roughly. Right. Um, so movies, RPGs, and podcasts. It's you know it's a podcast about movies and role playing games. Uh, we're still going to do that. We may tone down the amount of crowdfunding games that we talk about. We we certainly if there's something catches our eye, we're definitely going to do it. But maybe uh, to save time to try to keep it to or closer to more an hour hour fifteen minute format. I think probably what we're going to do is we're going to post a lot of that on our social media. Um, so if there's something that caught our eye and we just don't have time to put out something, especially when we talk about it, record it, and then it's like done in a, in a week. Or, or even worse, like I in the last week and in the next week am getting so many boxes of Kickstarter projects that I backed that we talked about on early episodes that I have now I get to enjoy, but it's like I don't really get to talk about. It's so far removed from discovering it that that maybe it's it's not as as detailed we want to go into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and maybe that's something that we could do for one of those little extra episodes where we could review the games that you got via. Um, yeah. The crowdsourcing. I mean, that, that'd be super, totally fun. 
yeah, so the good, bad, and the ugly, how we review the movies, that's going to stay. Um, we're going to change the elevator pitch a little bit because I kind of feel like we oh, maybe oversimplified our, our pitches a little bit. So we're going to change it to a simple plan. Makes sense, right? Because we're going to be talking about heists where we're just going to do a slightly more detailed version of the actual plot. So if folks haven't seen the movie, again, there will be spoilers, but if they haven't seen the movie, it'll be a little bit more well-rounded so they can appreciate it more. I think if you and if you noticed to our first season, we didn't really address the fact that there will be spoilers until over halfway through the season. And I think we just just needed to embrace the fact that in discussing these films, there's going to be spoilers. And if you don't want that, then maybe hold off on listening to to it till you've seen the movie. But uh, yeah, so yeah, we can go a little more in depth with our plans. (laughs) We're going to continue with the double access rating, which means we're going to continue to review it both as a movie uh, in and of itself and as an example of the genre. Um, we are going to continue with the draft. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, so in a role-playing game session, we're going to continue with our session zeros. You know, what about the game needs to be discussed before you actually start playing? Um, we're going to continue with truths. You know, what what do, what's the distillation of the game in order to play it to the best representation of the film? The tricky thing is we are going to continue in our intermissions to stat our draft picks, but we haven't figured out a system yet. And that's one of the things that we're still looking at because it was really easy with Kids on Bikes. There's a game called Kids on Bikes. We love Kids on Bikes. It's inspired us to do it. There are not as many systems that heist work. There are some heist-specific games, but none of them have exactly what I'm looking for. So I'm reading through five of them right now. We'll talk a little bit more of those uh, in a bit. Plus, we're setting whatever developer up for having to do a, a new edition of the game once we pick it, <laughs> since we've established right. that precedence with kids on bikes. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at you, games that haven't been released yet. <laughs> uh, I always love uh, being put on the spot, so of course we're going to keep questions for Drew. And I was going to drop podcast homework, uh, but Rafe has told me I'm not allowed to drop podcast homework, that I need to just be more specific. No, we need to it. tweak it a bit. I think, I think, okay. you know, we had the whole related media bit in the early episodes and it just kind of fell by the wayside. If podcast homework ends up falling by the wayside, I'll deal with it. But I think we need to give it a little more chance and a little more finesse before we give up on it. So the thing that we're definitely dropping because it doesn't make a, a lick of sense uh, switching medias is we're going to drop which kid are you? Yeah. Um, because Rafe... Asking which criminal are you is probably, um, you know, we, you don't need to admit to your crimes. My lawyer uh, has advised me that I'm not allowed to answer that question. Right. Okay. And then it's just dead air and that's no fun for anybody. So, like, is it is it that we were keeping, like, everything and we're just dropping the one thing? I mean, yeah, but... Like, we may like even tweak else. that. We've discussed we may possibly going, you know, who who would you like to be or what skill would you like to have? We, so we may have some iteration of that, but we are going to add more stuff even because, <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Let's not drop right? anything, but let's add even more and still try to keep it to our hour, hour and a half timeline. So uh, we're going to we're going to add heist philosophy. There's so many good lines in heist films. Uh, so we're going to pick one line from the film that we feel sums up are criminals, and they are criminals, uh, even if they're Robin Hood s criminals. Uh, philosophy towards the crime. So that one quote that sums it up to the crew's philosophy, we're gonna try to find that, and that's always fun. Movie quotes are great. There's some great ones in there. Uh, we're gonna add one called the usual suspects. Now, in a in a little bit, we're gonna talk about the different specialists that are frequently found in heist films, and we're gonna kind of very quickly run through those. Um, and when we do our usual suspects, we're just gonna draw attention to the fact that this particular character is this trope 
this character right. is this trope or wants to be this trope, but it's kind of the closest thing. So yeah, you know, really emphasizing the specialists. And we're going to talk about films that like emphasize the specialists because it's no fun when they're just like, we're getting the band back together. We got four people. What do they do? Eh, they'll be, you know, you'll see. Right. Um, Rafe, 10 minutes before we started recording, came up with this idea and I'm so in love with it. It's called Steal a Song from the Soundtrack in which every movie, not only are we going to draft uh, a character, but we're each going to choose a, a piece, either score or actual soundtrack, uh, from the soundtrack. And we're going to create Spotify lists for our, our crews, which is so cool. Yeah, so love at the end, not only are you going to get a team of eight uh, when we whittle it down, but you're going to get a soundtrack of 12 songs, which I think works really well. And then we're going to choose one of those songs when our team walks in slow motion into the introduction. That's going to be... Uh, that's going to be from that playlist, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So that that's a lot that we're adding. Now, I will say, you know, I only told you about the Steel of Song from the soundtrack 10 minutes beforehand, but that had been the plan all along. I just let you know what it is when it was the right time. You know, the audience had been in on it, you know, for, for, for hours. Oh, yeah. So you're saying this is complication. So now I have to right. adjust accordingly. Right, right. Because those are qualities of heist films. But let's get a little more specific with what makes a heist film a heist film, Drew. Well, Webster's defines a heist <laughs> as any robbery. Uh, I and mean, it does. And so that's the thing is, a lot of folks, when you're looking at heist films, are just films about robberies. And that's fine. It's not wrong. But it's not what we want. Uh, so we are going to try to find films where the robbery is based on an elaborate plan. For me, that's the thing that I'm looking for, is right. a mastermind coming up with a really good plan. What else? I mean, because, like, you know, we've there's a lot of things, there's a lot of heist films out there. I mean, the heist films, unlike uh, Kids on Bikes genre, which has only been around since the early 80s, heist movies have been around since film. I mean, there's been robbery, you know, Great Train Robbery has been around for, for whatever well, so. and and part of it, as you said, there is a robbery usually at the center, but there is a rationalization for that crime, for for whatever is at the heart. There is some sort of rationalization, whether, as you said, it could be a Robin Hood type thing, but it's not usually just stealing for stealing's sake. There is revenge or there is payback. I guess that's the same thing. Uh, but there, there, there's some sort of rationalization for why we are doing this beyond just doing it. Right, because the audience has to root for the caper crew, right? right. Like, that's the thing is that we want them to succeed. It, there might be some examples where we don't necessarily emphasize, empathize with them as much. We may choose one of those films. Um, but on the whole, I think we kind of, as an audience, want to see them succeed. We want to see the plan succeed, even when it goes off the rails. Which means so, yeah. that most of the time, the films that we pick for this are going to be films where the protagonists, the ones that we are following, are the ones doing the caper, are the ones pulling the heist. We are not picking films where we are uh, pursuing the squad of, of rogues per necessarily. But uh, yeah, that, that's important. Yeah. I mean, oh, and that really does, once again, limit a lot of choices because there's one or two uh, films in there that it, it hurts my heart not to be able to choose them. But, you know, that's how it works. Um, we, we talk about our rogues. We talk about our caper. We talk about our specialists. But that's really something that needs to be stressed is it's not just a random group of people. They're chosen to be on this heist because they're good at something that makes in role playing games a far more interesting team. You know, you don't want to be just a, a group of 
eh. You want to be like, that's the fastest grease man in town. You know, she could crack a safe in this amount of time. No one can do a second story uh, scaling like so-and-so. Like, that kind of a thing. You want to really have, like, the best of the best, or they were great once, that kind of a thing. Right. So we really want to make sure we have an assembled team of specialists. Yeah. And to counter those specialists, of course, as we, we joked about from the very beginning, there's going to be complications. The, the caper never goes off exactly as planned. There is always going to be a curveball of some sort or multiple curveballs thrown in. Uh, sometimes they've already taken into account and we as the audience just don't know. And sometimes, and that's part of the fun of it for me, is yes. watching that like, you know, oh, we already knew that was going to happen. We were already prepared for that type thing. But a lot of the time, you know, they, it's, it's watching how they react to what has happened that I find the enjoyment. And you find the enjoyment in the plan. I find the enjoyment in the adaptation of the plan. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, sometimes even when the plan's done, there's still going to be complications because there's frequently repercussions um, after the heist is done. Sometimes they're positive repercussions and sometimes they're negative repercussions. Most of the time they're negative repercussions. And as we will talk about, sometimes those repercussions mean another heist. <laughs> yes, another heist. I do love a film where there's a centerpiece heist, but then there's like that heist that sets up the shows. Like sometimes rather than saying they're amazing at their job, you start off that first opening heist, the first 20 minutes of the movie is that heist that demonstrates how good they are at their job. Right. So, you know, you it's sort of like Chekhov's intro heist. Uh, and then, of course, probably more important than any of these things, um, these movies that we're going to be selecting have to either be directed by Steven Soderbergh or have Jason Statham in them. I mean, that just, you know, that's... Well, that that I don't think that's actually a trait of, of a heist film. I mean, there's some very good heist films that have those qualities, but that's going to limit my list a lot if you are actually going to hold me to that. I mean, it's only going to limit your list to 50 or 60 films because <laughs> when you look so we're gonna we're gonna post the list that we're gonna be choosing from um on our facebook group and probably on social media but there's a list of almost 100 movies and a legitimate percentage of them are directed by Sodenberg, who just loves the genre uh, or have jason statham in it or also has Jason Statham and is directed by Soderbergh. So, but the fun uh, thing is that those are good movies. I mean, we're not going to actually yeah. limit ourselves to them, but they are actually really good movies. Well, okay, let's talk about limiting um, briefly. I don't want to say that, you know, you only want to have one Soderbergh film right. uh, on the list because there's some really very different ones. But I think if, you know, if we're limiting, there's there's a couple of franchises within this that, you know, like maybe not choose multiple films from one franchise. Agreed. Uh, you you know, like we can only do so many Fast and the Furious movies, Rafe. That's 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 what I'm really trying to emphasize. Oh, well, you can do 10 of them. <laughs> we could. <laughs> and, that's as many you know, as we could do. <laughs> given how long it takes for us to do a season, by the time we get to the end of the season, we could do 12. <laughs> Hey, hey, there's a there's an actor strike still going on. Probably only 11. That's true. <laughs> that is well, I mean, we're just like CGI Vin Diesel on its way. Um, so one of the things too about um we talked about like what kind of things we want to see included see, in heists. And, and my brain just went to CGI The Rock, which we've seen right. in The Mummy 2. So and oh. it didn't go well. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? That's the 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 pinnacle of of a CGI representation. <laughs> anyway, you Ugh. were saying, sorry. I was saying. Um so 
frequently when we're talking about heist films, we get to see kind of there's a there's a formula to heist films, and just like anything else, even including kids on bikes, um, it's it's those exceptions that prove the rule. But we'll frequently when we're talking about a heist film, especially if you're like still confused by what a heist movie entails, um, one of the things is just knowing that act structure. So you, first act is usually like the planning, it's like assembling the team, figuring out what the problem is. Then you've got like the heist itself, which you know for a second act, which usually involves its complications or you know the centerpiece heist, and then you get the aftermath which is something like a getaway or a twist. But we have seen movies where it starts with heist, and then there's an aftermath from that first heist, which requires us to plan and do a second heist. Right. Sometimes a third heist. Or, if you're being sneaky about it, sometimes it starts with a heist, and then the rest of the movie is just the aftermath. Or you might just do the aftermath of the heist, and we get flashbacks in in kind of in media res by what uh, what happened at the heist, what went wrong. Um, so those are four, the first two being the most popular, but four different kind of ways the act structure works. So Yeah, I, my, that last one's probably my least favorite of the four, but because uh, uh-huh. we've discussed some movies that I, I personally hope we don't cover, uh, they kind of fall into that category, but we'll see. And, th- we'll and see. that's true. Yeah, and but just going through, you know, one of the things we we've had a fairly considerable break between our final season and now, life happens. Um, I have watched a lot of heist movies, and I'm really impressed. But just the kind of the the birth and width and breadth breadth is the word I'm looking for. The breadth of heist films and how they're structured. Oh, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I I love heist movies. Even the movies that I kind of hope we don't end up covering are not bad movies. I enjoy <laughs> I still really dig them. I just don't know that they have as much to contribute in our conversation. Right. Do we want to talk about heistomatic, the heist thing, or just we yeah, probably don't sure. need to? Why, yeah, okay. why not? Drew okay. has this zany idea. Drew, uh, that's one of the things I love about working with Drew is we'll come up with a simple concept like, hey, let's do a podcast. And be- between that conversation and whenever we actually have time to get the next conversation, Drew throws so much spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks and comes up with so many crazy ideas. And one of the ones he sprung on me just 10 minutes before we recorded is the idea that we're going to develop some kind of bingo card of different tropes that are found in heist films that when we watch the movie, we'll check off spaces. We'll come up with more rules, expectations, guidelines, that kind of thing for this as we go. But uh, so you put together a list of tropes that are commonly found in heist films, uh, just as an example of what we're talking about as we kind of develop these bingo cards. Uh, So Drew, tropes frequently found in heist movies include... So I was blown away at how many um, heist movies start in the first five minutes of the mastermind just gets out of jail and immediately starts starts the heist like that's it's like i've been sitting in jail i've been having this idea uh let's do it let's assemble the team i mean i can think of three right off the bat yeah absolutely yeah um another frequent one putting the band back together is something you know a phrase but it's like yeah and and that's a beautiful thing is sometimes you you assemble a team of people you don't know but you know they're good and we as the audience and the mastermind get to learn about them at the same time but putting the band back together is getting the people that you know and already love and they already have a relationship with each other. And that camaraderie really works well in, in a heist film. Side note, I introduced my son to that phrase when we were watching The Mandalorian. Because if you watch The Mandalorian, the first you know two-thirds of the season are him going off on little adventures and having a little adventure here. But all three seasons so far culminate in getting the band back together, characters that we've met before, in order to do whatever the final adventure is calling for. 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely true. Yeah, um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. Rafe, please do not select The Mandalorian as a television series for one of these. <laughs> I, You know, it wasn't that much of a stretch for you to suggest maybe doing Stranger Things for kids on bikes, but that, that might be a bitch. Trust me, we are going to have some non-traditional heist films. To the yeah. point where I think when when Rafe and I were talking about, yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, the kids on bikes, we're talking about, you know, eight mundane kids. We are not limiting these films to mundane anybody. Right. You know, like if my team has to have a wizened criminal veteran, uh, some army renegades and an animated squirrel, then so <laughs> be it if we are going to put the heist, perfect heist team together. All right. A uh, heist isn't about the money. We're putting the band back together. This is one last job. Uh, a first or third act betrayal twist, that kind of a thing. So um, what we'll probably do is you know, any bingo card needs to have 24 selections plus a free space. There are plenty of bingo generators. So yes. what we could do is we'll come up with 24 good ones. And if you have any suggestions, please post them on social media. We will then post the 24 and a link to the bingo card generator so you at home can play the bingo it's not about winning at this point in time it's just like how quickly you can put your card together i say if we do this we probably get the you know one card for all the movies rather than changing it up because it you know you could you could if you know the movie well enough cheat there's no prize but you know so anyway let's talk about the specialists <laughs> There are many, 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 many roles in which you could use. Actually, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about is we didn't talk about like our personal experience with the genre. You know, like Rafe, you said that you love these films. You that you're the reason we're doing this is you made the suggestion. I also love this genre. They're some of my favorite films. But before we start talking about specialists, it, it, it does tie into this. In terms of the small screen and television, the television show Leverage is a weekly heist. Mm-hmm. television show i think it's brilliant i dare I say it top five favorite show, television shows anytime i'm down i i generally will throw on uh, they're kind of my comfort viewing um especially if there's something really bad going on in the world especially involving politics or corporations um the robin hood heist aspect of leverage and the thing with leverage is you've got your five characters right you've got your hitter you've got your mastermind you've got your con you've got your hacker and you've got your thief right like that is a real broad terms but each one of them can do their main job and like three or four other ones so when you get a team of five you can spread the wealth sometimes you're gonna need a team of 11 Sometimes you're going to need a team of 13. Uh, you know, so you want to have specialists. So what we've got is kind of a, a down and dirty, kind of a quick, and we're not going to take a lot of time with this, but we've got a list of different roles that you might find on a heist team. And I think uh, we, we mentioned, you know, we're going to do a draft. We originally had considered selecting, okay, these are the roles that we're going to fill in our draft. Right. Uh, and we realized, like, as Drew's about to illustrate, there are so many diverse roles <laughs> that we really would be doing ourselves a disservice because there, there's different, so many different kinds of teams we could put together. Yeah. I mean, when you start thinking about, um, it's like, well, in Leverage, one of the characters is a hacker, right? You got to have a hacker, right? But if your film takes place in the 1930s, you got no computer. There's no right. hacker there. So, like, you might have an equivalent to something like that. So, I, I think, dare I say it, you got to have a mastermind. Someone yes. has to have a plan. Now, this is important. It doesn't have to be a good plan. Right. Um, <laughs> We are probably going to discuss a film in which the plans are bad or half-baked or on false information 
or something along those lines, and that's where the complications and that the joy comes out of. But there's still a plan. You got to assemble teams. So you got to have your mastermind. We'll frequently find a number two, your partner in crime, someone that you uh, you can pair up with. Or I think in the in the previous season we talked about lancers, which is they have the same goal as you, but they're going to come about it in different ways. And then you can have things like backers, you know, people who are like, well, we want to do this crime, but, uh, you know, we don't have any money. We got to go to so-and-so. So-and-so will give them money, but they're going to demand half of it. You know, that kind of a thing. Not a really fun PC uh, role, but, you know, it's going to, we see them a lot in movies. You have your tech characters, right? So your gadgeteers. Uh, You have your hackers, assuming that it's, you know, 80s or higher? 70s? No, (laughs) 70s or higher, right? No, 60s or higher, uh, I guess. Um, I can think of a couple of films. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, right, but I can think of right. a, a one film in particular that starts with a flashback to a, a, a time period prior to the 80s. Um, <laughs> why do everyone involved in a Why burglary. do I have the feeling it's the movie I just wrote down to remind myself of? <laughs> it's I, funny. Listen, I, we came into recording this, and I have a short list of movies, and I've already doubled it just listening to you talk. <laughs> Like I said, in my research for what qualifies as a heist film, I came up with probably 150 movies, and I've pared that down to 100, um, mainly just from reading short excerpts of on kind of plot expositions of it and going, no, okay, that that's not what we're looking for, and I don't want to throw up too many uh, choices and then and then feel like it's kind of distilling like something good is going to get lost in the mix. Um, so we got tech roles, thief roles, burglars right? Breaking and entering. Con artists and grifters. Um, distractions or ropers. We got pickpockets, safe crackers, greasemen or second story experts, like those who are good climbing. You've got your labor roles, like your drivers, your fence, your fixer, your muscle. Uh, you've got meta roles, which are roles that could be paired with something above. So you can have um, your drivers also the coordinator. Your drivers also the expert in jewelry or something along those. You have a patsy, someone who you know, they may not know that they're going down for the job, uh, but they've mm-hmm. been a part of it for the whole thing. And the betrayal is from the group for whatever reason. You've got your insider, someone who's been working with the uh, the target the entire time. Maybe you don't know it at the beginning, and maybe that's the big reveal at the end. Uh, you've got the legend, someone who's been in this business forever. Um, the searcher, someone who's trying to find themselves. The wild card, the person who maybe you can't control them. They may be good at what they do, but they could be complications. And frequently, not always, but frequently, the traitor, uh, which can be anybody. Who knows? It could even be me. For for those who caught our interest earlier on when we talked about one of the new segments we're adding is the usual suspects where we kind of trope the crew. That's the kind of list we're talking about. It's certainly not an all-inclusive list. But right. when we talk about what who's on the team, that's what we're looking at. Is, oh, this character's a hacker, and this character's the grease man, and this character's something that's not even on the list yet. Because, again, it's not a completely True. inclusive list that Drew just went over. And this is important not only for recognizing these tropes and characteristics in movies, but this is huge for role-playing games. Sure. You know, a, a lot of the time we define our characters by what their job on the team is. I, you know, most of the time, if, if you're, you know, most games usually have an archetype or a class or something along those lines. And so starting with a working knowledge of what is usually offered to us is really important for understanding how to better stat those characters or how they fit into a group. And the other thing too is like, you know, if I've got two burglars on a team, I don't really need another one. So just kind of knowing who our specialists are going into it really is important. Sure. All right, Drew, all of that, that is an abundance of information. We have talked about all the things that make up a heist film. We've talked about different specialist types, uh, different different plot structures and stuff. We need to get more specific. 
how yeah. are we defining a heist film for our use? What what is how do we boil it down to uh, you know, like we talk about in the introduction each week. Right. And just as a reminder, um, you know, it could be that you didn't listen to season one and you're just really excited about heist films or heist role-playing games. So, you know, our truth for what kind of film we're looking for for our first season, which was Kids on Bikes, was a group of kids 18 years of age or under are getting into and out of trouble, keeping their agency while doing so in a specific location that's important to the plot. That is how we selected our films based around that. And that's how we rated our films about how well it fit to that kind of parameters. So here are our parameters for season two. A mastermind hatches an elaborate, usually nonviolent plan to get a MacGuffin from a difficult location with the help of two or more specialists. The plan may include one or more cons, hacks, or burglaries, but is rarely exclusive to just one of these. And traditionally, the movie viewer is rooting for that heist crew. Now, we, we have gone back and forth on this definition, I will say. Uh, and yeah, that is what, what we have we have settled on, uh, especially after listening to some other podcasts that did some like drafting of pot, of uh, heist films and, and that kind of stuff. The the two or more specialists means you've got to have at least three characters. And that that is a sticking point uh, that, that, that removes at least one movie, two movies that I can think of that I really wanted to pick. So... Make sure I, I got to make sure I hold Drew accountable for that. <laughs> True. And look, we did a special episode for ET. If sure. Rafe, at the end of this season, you want to do a special episode for National Treasure, because I assume <laughs> that's the one you're referring to, or Hudson because Hawk. you know one of the two, or Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a great definition, but it, we really did uh, uh, work on it to make sure that we, we knew exactly what our... And, and much like our parameters of the first season, it ruled out movies, and we, we talked about those. We did, you know, when we got to the end, we definitely talked about movies that we would like to have covered but didn't fit our parameters. I'm sure we'll do the same thing here. Listen, I'll go ahead and say this right now. If you want to do special episodes for Nas uh, National Treasure, I definitely want to do a special episode for Hudson Hawk. It is one of my favorite <laughs> films of all time. Mine too. Um, <laughs> It is ridiculous how much Hudson Hawk swag I have. I have the video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System sitting on my cabinet right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to talk about those. It's one of the first movie mistakes that I ever caught is when they time out the job. He says 252 swinging on a star. And that's because uh -huh. that's how they time out their jobs. And it's 256 on the soundtrack. <laughs> Oh, that soundtrack. Oh, that beautiful, beautiful, wonderful soundtrack. Anyway, welcome to our Hudson Hawk podcast. Right. All right. Well, we will not be able to get uh, the Hawk or uh, Tommy Two-Tone on our teams. We will be returning to drafting our teams, uh, which I'm excited about. This is like the whole thing of a heist film is putting the team together. So it makes absolute sense that we continue to draft uh, with each of us drafting a team of a mastermind and specialists. How many specialists though, Rafe? Well, uh, that's where we got to have the, the cutting board again. So we, we, we liked the number eight last time. So we're kind of going with that again. We've got a mastermind and seven specialists making it Telsh's eight. Or Myers 8. Who knows? Well, I like Telsh's right. 8. has a better ring to it. I um, agree. I think I would probably watch Telsh's 8 before I watched Myers 8. 
Now, the interesting thing about this is last season we did, you know, seven kids and a peripheral adult. This time we're doing seven specialists and a key mastermind. The mastermind is actually integral to the team as opposed to that peripheral adult, which is going to make a really interesting dynamic for how this draft goes. Yeah, and I think it's possible that we could both draft multiple characters who in their films they were the key mastermind but we have to select one of them because frequently the mastermind is also good at something else so you know you could say sure the mastermind in this one but they're also a you know a a master what is it forger and you know like we're going to bring them on the team just for forgery and not the mastermind part right but that means you still can't get away with a moses chris chambers (laughs) double leadership thing that you had going for a little while there i mean (laughs) i I don't know we'll see yeah we'll see depends on which movies you get i think stand by me is a uh a heist film right now that is 12 movies that we'll be watching over the course of the season, but that is only eight slots on our team, which means we will once again pick more characters than we can have and have to call them down. Right. So what are we going to do with those extra characters? Well, we haven't decided yet. We do know that there's going to be at least one team member on the team who will not be who they say they are, but we'll uh, we'll get into that more as we uh, get closer to the draft. Right. Right, right. And we will stat our draft picks. Of course, we're kind of statting everybody. Not not statting necessarily, but we're troping everybody. Sure. As we do the usual suspects. But we'll, we'll stat our characters using something. <laughs> yeah, so here's a tricky thing. Like I said a little earlier in the podcast, uh, there isn't just one perfect heist role-playing game. Now, some of you might be shouting at the top of your lungs, leverage the role-playing game. And yeah, leverage the role-playing game is pretty amazing. Um, It's also super, super hard to find. Um, You know, a physical copy of it's going to set you back anywhere between $250 and $300. Um, Yeah, I got got a PDF of it. Um, It's got some really great ideas. And that's the problem, is quite a few games have some great ideas, but not one game has everything that I'm looking for. So, um, you know, this again, it's a movie and role-playing game podcast. So some of the role-playing games I'm looking at, one um, is One Last Job by Grant Howitt. You know, they created Honey Heist. You know, you already know they're good at this. <laughs> but One Last Job is is a kind of a brilliant game. Um, and it, it it's especially not about just heist. It's about just the one last job and about the finality of it. And maybe you're not as great as your character used to be. Um, and this is kind of going out in a blaze of glory. There are some really amazing narrative mechanics in this game I would love to steal for any other system that we've got. So maybe that's what we're going to do. Maybe we're going to look at Everyday Heroes by Evil Genius Games, and it's kind of a modern D20, and there's a lot of wiggle room for creating those kind of characters. I already mentioned the Leverage RPG by Banks and Donahue. It is very specific to the genre of heist films, and so I think we're going to, if if we don't use that one specifically, we're going to take a lot from that. Um, Similarly, you've got something along the lines of Blades in the Dark, which has both the clock and the flashback mechanics. Regardless of what system we're using, we're going to use clocks and flashbacks because they're absolutely the best way to run a heist game in the mode of heists media that we both appreciate. I think Rafe and I, you both, we've discussed this we kind of have an idea of the kind of heist movies we are both looking for, which is how we create our parameters. Um, there are some fairly agnostic systems out there that allow us to create 
interesting characters regardless of the genre that we're in. So things like GURPS or Savage Worlds could also be contenders. Uh, the other thing is we could make up one of our own. Um, I'm certainly not beyond making up a, a whole system just to suit my needs. Um, <laughs> I know that if I do, it's going to be a real simple like one or two pager, but that, that allows us to draft characters and allow them certain skills. You know, it's funny. Uh, I have found a couple of games uh, out there. In fact, there's a um, there's someone who has statted characters from heist films using uh, the leverage role-playing game system, and it's works pretty good but there's 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 other stuff out there yeah. uh, so we'll see we'll see where you know we've got a couple of weeks until our intermission episode of our first heist film that's when we have to decide so that's not that far off so we're working on it. I'm, I'm i got a lot of reading to do and and you just said the magic words there drew first heist film yeah. so let's not put it off any longer Okay. Uh, well, we'll put it off just a, a couple minutes longer. Uh, just, you know, we did our first season. We did Kids on Bikes movies. Uh, and I, I started that off with 1985's The Goonies because it, it represents everything we loved about Kids on Bikes movies. I may have even gone on record and gotten flack for saying it was kind of the progenitor of Kids on Bikes films. So if that's the case, that's how we kicked off Kids on Bikes. Where are we starting heist films? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, So... Here's the thing. Knowing that I was going to be selecting first, I thought my first instinct was like, okay, if Goonies is kind of the the kids on bikes film that everyone's going to create kids on bikes movies from here on out as that as kind of that is the grid work and, and scaffolding for, why don't I just go back to the beginning to some of the very first heist films? And I watched half dozen of them recently, and they're great. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about at least one or two of them. Um, like we have to, they're, they're musts, they're amazing, but they didn't really fit the bill. And so what I wanted is I want something that to start off with that. I know that we are going to have to compare everything else we talk about to this first selection. I mean, really everything we talked about with kids on bikes went back to the Goonies, how it compares to the Goonies. Sure. And I want something that is encapsulates exactly what I and you want, I think, I think I know what you want from a heist film. <laughs> uh, and really, once I decided that, there was only one film I could choose. Uh, and it is, of course, Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's Eleven. Uh, oh. It's important to say Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Because I originally thought, why not start with the Sinatra version? I can give a couple and, um, reasons why not to start with the Sinatra version. <laughs> and I agree with those reasons. Um <laughs> But here's the thing. I think Ocean's Eleven has every single thing that we have put in our parameters. It has every single thing that we talked about in our setup for what we want to see in a heist film. It's, you know, not only does it have amazing actors and amazing characters and a really amazing heist, and it, it uses all the aspects. I mean, like, this is a heist film that is paying homage to all the heist films that come before. And we will talk about some of those older heist films in comparison to... Ocean's Eleven, what Ocean's Eleven's took from them when we get to them, because I know I'm going to at least select one of my six uh, is going to be one of the older films that Ocean's Eleven definitely got a lot of its inspiration from. I'm thrilled with this choice. I now regret agreeing about 20 minutes ago to only one film from a franchise, because as much as I love Ocean's Eleven, I love Ocean's Thirteen as well, man, and Ocean's Eight even. Well, I want to draw your attention to something. Ocean's Eight, not a Soderbergh film. True. And while it makes reference, it's to part of the same franchise. Characters. It's part of the same franchise. I 
I didn't say they can't all be from the same franchise. I was just said we can't choose all of them from the franchise. <laughs> so if Ocean's 8 shows up, yeah. If Ocean's 13, I'd be a little surprised. But uh, I, I got to say, it was between Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 8 for me. And ultimately... I chose Ocean's Eleven, um, I think, because I think it has a little bit more of what I'm looking for. Agreed. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But, it's, no, it's a great pick. I'm excited to yeah. start with that one. Yeah. So there we go. So join us in several weeks for our discussion of Ocean's Eleven. Now, if you've got opinions of your own about anything we've discussed so far uh, today in this episode or just anything else, you can join in the conversation. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. You can head over to our Facebook group, which is the Never Say Die Cast. We are on X, uh, <laughs> at Never Say Die Cast. Uh, and you Twitter. know what? Rafe is not the only thing that we do. Uh, we have other projects. Um, it, it being... 2023 right now is we are a month away from the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. I'm on several Doctor Who podcasts, so if you want to hear me talk about Doctor Who, uh, you can do so at the Who and Company podcast as well as the Doctor Who podcast. And it being 2023, uh, I can be found on the Have Not Seen This podcast that hasn't had a new episode since February or March. I really need to fix that. Yeah, we should talk about something. Maybe uh, maybe a horror film that starts with the words the. <laughs> I mean, we're three for three right now. If you uh, want to see what movies we are watching, uh, maybe use a sneak peek to movies we will discuss in our intros on these, uh, you can catch us on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'm at Boy Howdy. That's B-Zero-Y-H-O-W-D-Y. The Boy Howdy without the strange spelling was already taken. Which I find hilarious because you didn't tell me that when you told me <laughs> what you were on Letterboxd, so I had to wait for you to send me a friend request because I'm at Talon Hess, T-A-L-N-H-E-S-S. Thanks to Chris Talent for our wonderful theme song, and thanks to Megan Daly for our show artwork. And remember, even if this is the only time we'll get to talk about Hudson Hawk until the end of the season, never say die. <laughs> <laughs>